Looking for a quality groomer close to home? Look no further. Bubbles and Cuts is a Kawita-based dog grooming salon. We offer full service grooming, sanitary trims, nails, color services, and even shedding treatments. Join us at our new location for a quality grooming experience. We are located at 117 South Broadway, Kawita, Oklahoma. Or schedule your appointment today and call us at 918-871-0867. Hello, welcome to Hot Talk TNE's podcast. My name is Spencer McConney, TNE contributing writer. I'm sitting down today with Justin Chase, director of the Riverhawk Scholars Program, and Abby Matto, North Richland Hills, Texas senior, who are here to discuss the Riverhawk Scholars. Thank you both for taking the time to sit with me. Let's find out about the Riverhawk Scholars Program. So firstly, I want to jump into just what the program is and how it was started. So the Riverhawk Scholar Program was started in 2018 as a way for students with intellectual disabilities to continue their education after high school graduation. Beyond just the school elements, the program also focuses on social skills and independent living. I'm interested in this program since my sister is a senior in high school and is now looking for a college experience. Looking for options of schools for her has made me realize how important having choices and proper accommodations is to a a priority to success. So first off, I'd like to ask, how did the program get started? Great question. And, you know, you already kind of gave us a really good intro. I'll try to keep my answer as concise as possible. I've been told I can talk a lot. So we did get started in 2018. You'll hear us use the term IPSI, which stands for Inclusive Post-Secondary Education. In 2018, this program had never existed at Northeastern State and had never existed in the state of Oklahoma. So another way to think about it is prior to 2018, any student with intellectual disabilities could not go to college. So it's really important to wrap our mind around Prior to 2018, students with intellectual disabilities, they weren't allowed in college. Doesn't seem right. Seems really borderline discriminatory. And that's where this idea of IPSI, inclusive post-secondary education, come along. You know, public schools for decades and decades and decades, forever, has had students with disabilities. But they did not exist on the college campus. So, again, let me just clarify that just a bit. People with intellectual disabilities. Physical disabilities, hearing disabilities, visual, yes, but not intellectual disabilities. So IPSI programs really started on the East Coast and the West Coast, 2008, 2009, 2010. So these are new concepts here. And it really just came to Oklahoma in 2018. Again, I'm super proud of NSU for starting the program. I graduated from NSU many, many years ago. I'm really proud that my alma mater has pioneered uh, IPSI programs in Oklahoma. Since we got started in 2018, the University of Oklahoma has started a program called Sooner Works. Oklahoma State started a program called Opportunity Orange last year. And there's even an autism-only program at the University of Science and Arts in Chickasha, Oklahoma. But again, at NSU, the Riverhawk Scholar Program, we're the first. We've pioneered it. So there was a need for students with intellectual disabilities uh, to be able to attend college to learn independent living skills, to learn social skills, and to learn career development skills. So really, it really came out of a need and and a demographic that was completely under, not not just underserved, not served. So I'm super proud, again, that NSU has pioneered it. I'm proud that students like Abby have the opportunity to go to college now. 
and I'll, and I'll try to kind of end these comments here pretty quickly. But our students in the Riverhawk Scholar Program, their goals are the same as any other students. They want to, uh, when they graduate, they want to get a job or a career of their choice. And they want to live independently or uh, live independently with appropriate supports. Same same goals as any other college student. So that's kind of how we got here. And that's kind of our program uh, in a very brief synopsis. Awesome. That is really, really cool to hear about. So were there any struggles whenever you were trying to start the program that you can speak on? Oh, goodness. Yes, I, I chuckled. Yes, obviously, there are some struggles. Uh, anytime you start a brand new program that has never existed, uh, there's going to be a lot of struggles. Fortunately, we followed a model from a very successful program in South Carolina at the College of Charleston called the REACH program. So they they run one of the probably one of the best Ipsy programs in the country. So we followed their model. We worked very collaboratively with the REACH program. And we tried to take that model and we tried to make it fit at Northeastern State. Uh, so, yes, definitely some challenges. Some of the bigger challenges, money is always a, an ever-present challenge. The Riverhawk Scholar Program is a self-funded program. What that really means is we don't get funding from the university from the state of Oklahoma. We really hope that changes in the near future. So funding is a big challenge. Advertising or promoting the program is a huge challenge. Because the because programs like ours have not existed prior to 2018 in Oklahoma, people didn't know about it. So we're always recruiting. We're always promoting. We're always trying to spread the word. So those are some of the bigger challenges. Other than that, you know, the, the more minor challenges are, you know, teaching and training professors on what it's like to have a student with intellectual disabilities, working with the housing department. So there's probably a lot of examples uh, that we could talk about. But yeah, anytime you start a brand new program, there's definitely some some hurdles and some things you have to overcome. So then how many students are currently in the program? And then what would you be like your ideal we have as as much funding as we can. You know, how many people can we get in here? What's your kind of target? Great question. That's a really good question. So currently we have 15 students. You will hear me say that the Riverhawk Scholar Program at Northeastern State will probably never be bigger than about 20. And there's a lot of reasons for that. It's very easy to outgrow your campus. And again, in a, I don't want to be too go into too much detail, but we have tutors that work with our students. So we have to be aware of the student population that can be possible tutors. We have mentors. We have student assistants that work with our students. Um, we put our students in face-to-face classes and not online classes. So we have to be aware of how many face-to-face classes are available on the Tahlequah campus. So yeah, we, we're at 15 and we can we're starting to see, hey, we're, we're maxing out. So probably never bigger than about 20. Now, other universities, and again, I'll, I'll refer to Sooner Works at OU, they currently have about 36. But again, uh, OU and Norman has about 25,000 students on campus. So their, their student support system is much greater, their classes. So yeah, that's a long way of saying 15 currently and probably never bigger than 20. And then, so students, as you were saying, they take traditional classes, and then there's also a specialized session each semester. So those are supposed to help give students some tips and tricks on, you know, living independently and, you know, stuff like finances. What exactly all do they focus on? 
Sure, sure. So, yes, they do take traditional classes or catalog classes, but they also take a mandatory, we call them program classes, every single semester. So, Abby just came from advanced personal finance. The class before that our juniors take is Introduction to Personal Finance and Community Engagement. We offer several other classes for our freshmen and our sophomore students. Interpersonal Communication Skills, they take two Interpersonal Communication Skills classes, super valuable. To be honest, every college student needs that. <laughs> yeah, super important. Learning how to interact appropriately with other individuals. They they take independent living skills classes. Really, there's there's a lot of classes that we teach our students, but they look and act like a traditional class in the fact they either meet two days a week or three days a week. We count attendance. They have homework. They have quizzes. They have tests. Matter of fact, uh, Abby from the class she just left, uh, she has a quiz that she has to do before the next class period. So, yeah, but those those classes are only our Riverhawk Scholar students. Again, that allows us to take deeper dives into some of these, again, necessary topics we talked about today was personal finance. So some deeper dives and some skills that they need. And again, I'll say this, to be honest, every college student needs those two classes. Intro to personal finance, advanced personal finance, and the perfect world, those are mandatory for every college student. So you said, you, Abby, you just finished up with advanced personal finance. What do you think? I mean, can you give me some thoughts on how, how do you like it? Do you feel like it's helping you a lot? Well, for finance-wise, I, in general, I do have a hard time with money problems because I do spend too much sometimes. <laughs> but with this class, it helps me to better to balance my money aspect of it. Okay, cool. So do you guys like, is it like you have a, a budget that's set and you kind of have to work with it for the class or how, do, how does the class work? We do like different things. We do like worksheets or videos and like all kinds of things that we do. Okay. So then I also know that part of your guys' program is, is keeping you guys engaged on campus. So, you know, that's part of the college experience is socializing and finding your community. Since you're required to be a part of a club, what, what club are you in? All right, I'm in many things. I'm also in a sorority called Air Pie. Okay. I also want to shout out a couple of people when I'm here. My parents, Laurie and Brian Maddox, and of course my best friend, Candice. And then can you talk a little bit more about some of the struggles that you've had as a student with disabilities? Okay, um, I can say for one good example. It happened to me last year now. I was, one time I was heading back to my place at from I was heading back to my place after work and I got hit by a car. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I'm now fully better. I'm glad I'm here for my last year here. I'm gonna make, make a change and I'm planning to own my own business. For people like me who doesn't have the money for this, I'm going to do a scholarship business. Oh, awesome. That's really cool. So are you hoping to kind of stay here in Tahlequah or, or would you move somewhere else? I am planning... After I live in Texas for a little bit, I'm planning to move to Tahlequah, Oklahoma permanently. So I guess you're, you're really a fan of the, the Riverhawks, huh? I am. <laughs> it's, and I'm not the only Texas person here because of Joseph is also from Texas as well, which is, I love it when they do other places besides Oklahoma people, but it's helpful for everyone. We'll be back after a quick break. 
The NSU Playhouse invites you to a night of laughter and fun with five women wearing the same dress. The show, written by Alan Ball and directed by NSU's own Dr. Robin Pursley, revolves around five bridesmaids avoiding the bride who they all secretly dislike. Starring both current students and alum, the show will take place at 7.30 p.m. on April 10th through the 13th at the NSU Playhouse located in downtown Tahlequah. The show will also be the fourth Golden Llama competition presented by NSU Drama. Student organizations with the most members in attendance of the show will win the Golden Llama Trophy. Who will be the student organization with the most members in attendance? Purchase tickets for the show at nsuplayhouse.ludus.com. That's nsuplayhouse.ludus.com. Of the people in the program, like are most of them from Oklahoma or is it kind of a spread? So the majority of our students are from Oklahoma. Within Oklahoma, we have quite a few students from Northeast Oklahoma. We've got quite a few from Central Oklahoma. We even have a few from Southwestern Oklahoma. We've had students from Southeast Oklahoma in the past. We haven't had any from Northwestern Oklahoma yet. We have had several from Texas. You know, as we all know, that particularly the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex has as many people as the whole state of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So we do focus some of our recruiting on the Dallas-Fort Worth area because there's just a lot of people down there. And we, we're fortunate to have two students right now from the DFW Metroplex. So yeah, mostly Oklahoma though. You guys have a lot of resources to help these students from the time that you guys are applying to the program to the time that they are ready to graduate. And we know that deciding what to do after high school can be difficult for anybody. How does somebody know that this program is a good fit for them? Great question. So we, uh, we do spend a lot of time recruiting. One of the a great way is our upcoming open house. That brings prospective students and families. And we also have quite a few Oklahoma educators will attend. Uh, this year at September 29th, uh, they get to learn more about the program. At the open house, we have a student panel where students like Abby get to talk about their experiences, which from an advertising standpoint is fantastic. They get to hear from current students in the program. We'll have a parent panel. Current and former parents get to talk about the program. So that's exciting. They get to take tours of campus. They eat on campus. So just like any other college experience, we want them on campus touring the campus, seeing what campus life is like. We want them seeing what the Tahlequah community. So you picture any other non-disabled recruitment process, it's very, very similar. But what that also does is it gives us exposure to that student and the family. So it's like, in this sense, it's almost like a dating. We're getting to know each other. And so they're getting to know campus. They're getting to know the Riverhawk Scholar Program and staff. And we're getting to know them to see if it's a good fit. And so then I'll, I'll take this question to you, Abby. What made you decide that this was a good program and you wanted to come and go through it? I was, I don't, it was, I think, within 2018, I think, mm -hmm. is when I first looked for colleges because I was about to be coming to in high school. Mm -hmm. I was, I had to go, go, <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, It was an amazing program. My mom also liked it because of, it's not just the program itself. It's like, it's, the whole school is involved with this program. To the president, to the program, it's like so many opportunities. And they do also take up, like, for me, I have a hard time mentioning my health, like my weight, mm -hmm. <laughs> for example. It's, it's, I'm glad they help with that. It's like so many great things. But the most important reason is I'm still a hawk for my high school and they also have a big night, which I love seeing. So it's just really helpful. If I can tag team that just for a moment, uh, I'll never forget Abby and her mom were our very first 
uh, prospective student and, and parent on campus. Oh, wow. And it was August of 2018. Again, keep in mind, we're literally about to get started. Brand new, could, couldn't be any newer than we were. And I think you were actually going into your junior year of high school. And so here's Abby and her mom from Texas. And I was I was so surprised at that moment that a family from uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area was in Tahlequah looking at a program. But what you typically see, and Abby and her family are great examples, they're typically very knowledgeable about the, pro- the IPSI programs out there. And it's not unusual for students with disabilities to go to college out of state. So the recruiting, again, it's, it's in some ways, it's probably even more competitive than your traditional college experiences because the parents and the students are so informed. Yeah, and Abby's a great example. They were our very first student and family on campus. I will mention that on my mom's side, they finished college, while on my dad's side, they never did. So I'd be the first one on my dad's side to finish college. Because my brother didn't finish college either, so I'd be the first one on my dad's side to rather finish college. It's a big deal for my family, my dad's side of the family. So you're, you're a senior, right? Yes, I am. So you've been here for at least four years. Okay. What was your, what has been your favorite, some of your favorite memories that you can recall? Wow, there's so many memories I've already made. Just meeting new and no, meeting like meeting new friends, getting out there, trying something new, most part of Kai Alpha, which is a church group. I'm like trying to involve so many things. And it's like, um, I remember the day when I met, the first day I met Justin. Holy, I just knew that we clicked. It was time to know that it, this was made for me. After all, I'm done here, I'm heading to Moodle, so that way I can help other people in the program to how to like self-advocate for them. That's really the main thing I want to do. How would you say the program helps prepare them for after graduation? Great question. You said it earlier. We have a lot of supports in place for our students in really four different areas. Independent living, social skills, academics, and career or the workplace side. Their their education experience really is so much more intense than for example, your college experience, because we have to teach these things. We talk about these things. We work on these things. You know, your traditional college experience, we hope that you learn independent living skills through osmosis. We hope that you learn budgeting and personal finance through, really, it's the school of hard knocks is really what it is. You know, I, I humorously say through osmosis. But uh, due to the intellectual disabilities, we teach those things. So we really have a really pretty intensive approach in those four areas. So every single day, they're working on using not even just one thing, but multiple things a day. And that's what really helps prepare them for independence. And it, it back to this team approach. So we have two full-time staff, myself and Ashley West, our program coordinator. In the dorms, we have two residential student assistants that literally spend about 30 hours each, so 60 hours total, working intensely with our students on independent living skills every single week. On the social side, they have two peer mentors that they spend time with socially every week. So they're spending time, intentional time with those peer mentors in social situations, learning appropriate and acceptable interpersonal skills and behaviors. You know, the career side, the job side, when they graduate, they will have had seven different internship experiences, which really means seven different locations, seven different employers, seven different supervisors. That's a, you know, that's a lot of different experiences in a four-year time period. So yeah, back to their, their learning experiences, it's really pretty intense and they're getting a lot of experiences and a lot of information in a short time that, you know, other students, you know, again, we hope that they learn through other means, but that's the beauty of our program. We have a big team 
team, a big support network around our students. Again, their goals, get a job of their choice and hopefully live independently. And so, you know, that's where that team support comes in. And we utilize or we rely on our, our non-disabled college student population very heavily. You know, like we like to say, you know, I, I'm the middle-aged guy. I know it. I get it. This is a podcast. People can't see me. But if they could, they'd see the gray hair. So I have a role with students, and it is an important role, but a powerful role is the peer influence. And uh, obviously, I'm pointing at you as we talk. You know, this is where video would be helpful. Peer-to-peer influence is such a powerful learning experience. Many times we hear about peer pressure in the negative sense, but the truth is peer pressure can be very positive when directed in the right way. That's why we utilize our social peer mentors so heavily. Their tutors are college students. They're peers in college. The student assistants working with independent living skills are peers. So again, that that peer-to-peer connection and communication, it's powerful. We try to use it as frequently and as often as possible. And that really helps the learning process. It, it kind of flattens that learning curve, if you will. So speaking of having these peers, these peer helpers, if some a student was hoping to kind of get into this program to help and yeah. and keep people learning, I guess. Mm-hmm. Where should they go? Who should they contact? Where should Fair they question. be looking? Thank you for asking that. I really appreciate it. We're always recruiting, whether it's tutors or mentors or student assistants, that it literally is a year-round recruiting process. So they can see me or they can see Ashley West, our program coordinator. Currently, we have all the tutors we need. We have all the mentors. We have the student assistants. But what we know based on experience is that semester, we may need one or two more tutors. College students are busy people. And we may lose a mentor or two or three here or there just because they don't have the time or they get another job or, or this or that. So then it starts a recruiting phase again on, on that. So yeah, definitely. Uh, for the people that are listening, if you're interested, number one, I'll say it's awesome. <laughs> Getting to work with Abby and the other students, I'm convinced helps us more than it helps them. I will also say that it was like full of like, I do... They will have recruiting as well because I talk to people from majority, can for the clubs I'm involved with to join the RSP to help with all these problems as well. So, yeah, the short answer to your question is they can see me or Ashley West. And it really is a rewarding experience. I, you know, I almost can't emphasize that enough. You know, if you've got two hours a week, uh, you can be a social mentor for us. What we like to say is, you know, we all eat. You know, why not have a meal with one of our students? You know, we like to spend time socially. Why not spend that time either watching a movie or video games or going to the fit or intramurals with one of our students? So, you know, these are things that most college students already do. You spend time with a Riverhawk Scholar student and it really is rewarding. Awesome. And then I think to wrap it up, I'm going to ask you one final question, Abby. What would you say to a student in high school who is kind of on the fence about doing a program such as the Riverhawk Scholars? It's kind of rewarding and try new things. If people from Texas trying to point out, not just some states, but Oklahoma is really where you want to be. This goal really gives you the motivation to help people like me who gives like so many information. It doesn't, some things since work on for sure. I've realized this when before I was in car, I was in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, make sure they actually show you like how to just use some of these, some of these things and never learned how to use. Some still so different. So, um, they didn't really didn't teach me how to use that. Those are the main things I believe that the program could 
walk on. I don't like how to do the basics of like living skills, but if there's some things I never learned how to use, I'd be really nice if the Pokemon really touch on that for sure. Because some people are different. Not everyone have Down syndrome or there's like all kinds of disabilities out there. I'm not just have Down syndrome, but I'm also deaf as well. So I'm hard of hearing. The only time, like today, I don't wear my hearing aids because they are like running low on battery. So I just keep it touching until the next day. So when they don't, for the students out there now, you should really think about the possibility of all these dreams you have and you can accomplish them. All these people in this program will brighten up your day. All these friends I've been meeting, okay, just an Shout out to Arbitrario and Gianna Rides. They really helped me and guide me to where I am now. They are really helpful and have the most experience in their life. There's also some AFI people that are part of the Pokemon Trail, which is helpful for like my schedule with RSP and AFI, which is super helpful for me for sororities. If you want to, to join the sorority opportunity, you can always come to me, Chase, and Jet. Those are people can go to for sororities and fraternities as well. Thank you so much. That was a really thoughtful answer. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. If you are listening and you want to find out more about the Riverhawk Scholars, visit the link in the description below. It will take you over to their website. Abby, Justin, it was great talking with you. Thank you guys for coming out and meeting with me to discuss the Riverhawk Scholars. Thank you for listening to the Hawk Talk podcast. You can find us at nsunews.com, Spotify, or follow our social media pages at TNE News on Instagram and Twitter, and the Northeastern on Facebook for the latest NSU news. Hey, y'all. Are y'all looking for a good used car in Tahlequah? Well, come on down to Chris Pruitt Auto Sales. We are a family-owned car dealership with a wide selection of different makes and models that are fit just for you. Our employees are dedicated to providing a fast and easy buying experience where we can get you in a vehicle that's in your budget. We are open from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday. We are located at 4696 South Muskogee Avenue. Or you can go ahead and call 918-207-1500. Here at Chris Pruitt Auto Sales, come get a good deal and a brand new set of wheels.